This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, 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 I don't know really what to say here. A, a nice, fun Saturday afternoon in, in SM1. Is, is that Ooh. the best we can say? Uh, I mean, I'm happy to cut to credits now if you want. <laughs> it's, it's very, very tempting, isn't it? It is. But it's a pleasure to have you on again. It's been a while. How are you? I, yeah, I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. We did see each other and talk to each other for a long time last week. But <laughs> in, in Podland, it's been a long time. Yeah, good. But I don't really know how... We do this episode because looking at the listener feedback and reading up on the game, I wasn't there. I just couldn't justify that commute this weekend. What a terrible part-time fan I am, but I got a bad back, man, and I didn't want to do rail replacement, and it turns out it was the best decision I've made all year round. Yeah, you, you definitely uh, missed out on, on a good one. I, well, I assume it's a good one to miss out on is, is what I'm trying to say there. Rail replacement services are the worst. I had to take one from Swindon to Reading a, cu- a couple of months ago. That's not fun either. No, it's not even that far. That's no. how bad it was. Yeah, it's it's That's awful. How bad it was. You're, you're stuck on a bus for what? At 7 a.m. in the morning. I'm all right, thank you. No, you're okay. You're okay. Yeah. So that that's my excuse. So. Didn't see the game, so I'm here to learn, Tyler. I'm here to learn. There were a couple of changes 
made from the loss at Newport County. Uh, Tom Clayton came in for Kieran Brennan. And of course, Rashawn Hepburn Murphy was suspended. So in came Ronan Darcy. So it wasn't a great performance last week, but we all hid behind the 15-minute sending off, or the sending off after 15 minutes. So there was a lot of ex- expectations. There were expectations ahead of this game. Jody Morris's first game in charge at the county grounds. What was the feeling like before the game started? Before we go through the horror show, was there at least a new dawn feeling because there wasn't one last week was there one at the county ground this week no I, I wouldn't no. say so I don't think there was really a like new dawn sort of feeling I think that there, there was sort of it felt like a lot of people I spoke to before the game were confident that we'd we'd get something from the game but it wasn't one of them where even when Flickcroft took over you had the whole like oh it's, it's, it's a new dawn it's a new start but this just felt a bit like yeah, we we go. I guess it's, there's nothing to it. It's just all right. We've got a new manager in, and that that's that really. And to be fair, the, the whole atmosphere felt a bit flat, and just like people were devoid of any excitement. And that's sort of how the whole season's panned out so far. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And there's a lot of people going to the county ground at the moment, and you have to fear that next season, if if we're in League Two. There's going to be quite a big dip in attendances if there isn't an improvement. That is, of course, unless we we steamroll the rest of the campaign. But we'll we'll talk a little bit later as to why fans don't feel that it's going to be the case this season. But it is weird that are we going out of habit? Are we there to be entertained? there, There was an interesting tweet on the basis of Charlie Austin talking to disgruntled members of the town end. Should we just, should we get straight into that? Um, that, that? That was entertaining. Yeah, things are so weird at the moment that our marquee golden return of the king, he's the duke in my mind, Charlie Austin, already having to explain himself to fans in the town end. In the clip that's circulating on social media, there's a lot of Charlie Austin love in here. There's, there's, it's not universal booze. There's a few people having to go saying this has to improve, which is not a crime. It does have to improve. Dan Wood, journalist at the Adver, tweets, two losses in a row and Charlie Austin, who has delivered, is already defending himself to fans. Two managers who were successful, Garner and Lindsay, falling victim to unrealistic expectations. When will fans consider they're part of the barrier blocking success? Tyler, this this strikes me as an extraordinary tweet, considering that both of those head coaches left on their own accord. Yeah, it's a stretch and a half, really. Um, I think there's some truth to what you're saying. I do think, considering where we were in the summer and what Garner did, his tenure is is probably successful for for what we wanted. Obviously, we wanted promotion in the end and and just missed missed out on penalty kicks, but that's by the by. And so I do think Garner was successful. Yes. Lindsay, not so. I, I I don't think he was successful at all, and I I think most people would agree with that. Um, but then you've got the whole. Can you read the part out again? Where is it? Um, when will fans consider that they're the barrier that's, that's blocking that. success? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's mental because the goals that we've put in place and as a club, 
have have been for promotion this season the whole thing was oh yeah we're, we're going for promotion charlie austin is a statement of intent towards promotion and then that's sort of it everything's always oh this is a statement of intent towards promotion and then everything else around it is the opposite the club are the ones setting these goals and the fans are just going off what the club is saying and so for me you can't say the fans are the ones preventing success because the if the club don't think we can get promotion, don't go out in the media every week saying the goal is promotion. It's just lying to your audience at that point and you're never going to get anyone on side and, and make them agree with you. Yeah, no Swindon fan is saying we should be top of the league. All we want is promotion. How we do it, first, second, third playoffs, whatever. But I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation, like you say, if the club are telling us that that's what they're going for. Not at all. I think playoffs was more unrealistic last year than it should have been this year. We were in absolute, pardon my French, the shit last year. And, and, and we pushed our way into the playoffs very late on in the season. And it was it felt like a bit of a fairy tale season, a bit of a fairy tale story. Whereas this year, we had the full pre-season to build. The recruitment was like turgid. It was awful. The managerial appointment took, what was it in the end, six weeks, I think it was, from when Garner left to when Lindsay was announced. And six weeks to appoint the assistant manager was ludicrous as well. So last season, if you said that Garner had unrealistic expectations, I'd have believed you more than saying this season promotion was unrealistic because this season we sh- we should be there or thereabouts. I really enjoyed last season under Ben Garner on, on the whole and the tail end of that campaign was some of the best vibes I felt following Swindon along alongside mates for, for years and years. You know, when you think back to Walsall and what, what that day was like, you know, nobody is revising Ben Garner's contribution, but he did bolt it at the first at the first opportunity. Yeah. That's not the fans' fault. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the fact that they're trying to say they they've sort of become victims of their own success. Let me, let me just pull the tweet up quickly to check what was said again. Yeah, falling victim to unrealistic expectations. You can't fall victim to unrealistic expectations when you're the one who decides to leave. <laughs> if if I was at my job. And I applied for somewhere else, then said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving for this other job. That's not me failing at my unrealistic expectations. That's me moving because I want to move. It, it, you can't, it, it just doesn't make sense what he said. And and I think it was mentioned by Joe in, on Twitter and in our group chat. It was the Adver were the ones who predicted playoffs last year as well. That, that's... That's not the fans. That's the local media saying, I, I think we can get playoffs. So the fans are just going off of what other people are saying rather than themselves saying first promotion. Well, congratulations, Dan, of the advert. You've absolutely rattled us um, with, with, <laughs> with blaming the fans for a slack performance against Doncaster who were in camouflage kit. Shameful behaviour. When will they have points deducted? No, it's cheating, honestly. <laughs> couldn't even see him on the pitch and I had my contact lenses in <laughs> so to talk me through this game because following it from afar the messages within 
you know, the pals in the WhatsApp groups was this was always going to be a 2-0 loss at some point. There, there wasn't that feeling of optimism, you know, it's a slack start, you know, if we build, it just felt like the writing was on the wall from very early on. Is that an accurate thing to suggest? Yeah, I, I don't think it's miles off it. I think the first half was dreadful. It was two teams that neither of them ever looked like they were going to score. It it was really, really poor. Um, as nice as a couple of exchanges between Williams and Kane looked, and also Austin, nothing actually resulted in in a shot worth knowing. I think all I've written down here was Johnny Williams had a shot from about 30 yards that got tipped over and a couple of crosses were chucked into the box and added clear. It, it, it was just a pretty naff half and it looked like we were missing anyone who could just create something from nothing, be that like last season we had McCurdy, we had Payne. This year it's a bit like if Johnny Williams can't do it, then who can? Yeah. Do you sense that there is a bit of post-transfer window, lack of exit blues with some of the players because we are fielding Johnny Williams. You know, The rumour mill tells me that he was keen to go to Hibs. Ellis Iandolo, we were told relentlessly on deadline day, was on the verge of joining Scott Lindsay at Crawley. That's going to have an impact to a degree on a player's mentality, even if it's not deliberate. You know, there's going to be a, a couple of weeks maybe of, oh man, and then and then maybe they'll get they'll get on with it. Was there any is there any suggestion of that, or do you think this is just two weeks, two slap performances? I don't think it's post transfer window blues with Johnny. I think it's post World Cup blues. Before that World Cup. He was a man in form. Everyone would agree that he was one of the top five players in the league with how well he was playing. He got that World Cup call-up. He he went to sunny Qatar, enjoyed himself for, what was it, two weeks before the Welsh were home. Um, and then... That's a dig. <laughs> it, it is a dig. Um, <laughs> and then he's come back, and, and since then, it, it, it hasn't been the Johnny Williams that left. Um, Ellis, I... I I don't think it's Blues at all. I just don't think he's having a good season whatsoever. Um, and I think it's sort of, yeah, just... I, I think it, he was in the Dion Conroy position in the summer as well. And I think it was one of them where the time felt right for him to go. Dion left, Ellis didn't, and I think that was a mistake. Oh, dear. So, well, we hit the bar, Tyler. I don't know what everyone's complaining about. We, we hit the bar. Chance. Fantastic. <laughs> Le- League Two's James Ward-Prowse, as I described him. Um, he's He's got a good set piece on him, it seems, and he sort of gets the ball and, and passes it to someone who's better than him and doesn't do tons else. He, he's, he's good at sort of just keeping his shape and shepherding players away from goal but other than that I, I don't think Jake Kane set the world on fire but a steady Eddie is is sometimes useful in midfield so I'm not I'm not gonna hold a judgment on him or any of the new signings yet uh or, yeah. or Morris that would be very harsh of me um but yeah just you've got a 30 yard pot shot and a free kick as is, is your most exciting parts of the game <laughs> 
Uh, Chris Van Roon on Twitter says, shades of the 2020-21 John Sheridan season today, shudders. But the one good thing about that season was you could turn your laptop off and you weren't at the ground to witness it. Was it that bad? I don't think it was that bad. Not at all. Because that Sheridan season was, for the most part, absolutely abysmal. However, if we were going to liken it to that season, I guess that makes Grimsby our Ipswich away, which, Jesus, that's a fall-off. Yeah, Bernie Man says that game was more Scott Lindsay than Mad Gav. Not that Morris has a great amount to play with at the moment. Not too many poorer games witnessed at the county ground this season. I think we're going to have to accept another year of League Two football next season, next year, unfortunately. Not good work to do. Let's, let's focus more on the squad, really, because can Jody Morris implement anything particularly different with the players he's got from what Scott Lindsay was getting from them, because he was getting a tune out of the out of the side from time to time. But one of the biggest frustrations with the Scott Lindsay era is that the potential was there to do much better. I think, given the chance, Jody can get more out of this squad because he naturally is just a better coach. And I do think Lindsay missed out on. I think he had one game with Austin. I might be wrong there. Actually, no, 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 he didn't get a game with Austin, did he? Um, And so he he didn't get a game with Austin. Having Charlie Austin at this level will always help. Um, And so I do think Jody will get more out of the squad. But can he change much? No, I I don't think he can. I I don't think many managers could. I think the squad naturally is just very, very poor at the moment. Oh, Tyler, I don't want another exodus in the summer and another new dawn another new squad and we go again stuff but i'm beginning to feel that that's what is going to happen it it's what's needed i believe um it's hard to ignore a lot of the rhetoric in the listeners feedback for this game ian says dire wellens didn't achieve anything overnight Get rid of the stat-based Moneyball system and we might just get promotion next season. Craig says, funny what happens when you spend two transfer windows dithering over managerial appointments and systematically weakening the squad. Uh, SDM is a massive problem for Swindon Town FC. Let's see if we can find any more. Russell Arkley says... This is all on Dee McKayley. Jody Morris has not had a say in any of those players. We are going to waste Charlie being back at the club, and this is going to be a mid-table finish. Uh, that was crying out for a Reed or a Gladwin. Transfer window is now looking woeful. Um, so there's, there's, there's plenty of messages like that, and I'm reading out fans' comments here before I we collectively get pelters. Um, because it is just one game, uh, maybe two if you count last week. There's still plenty of football to be played and enough time for Jody Morris to stamp his style and what he wants in this squad for there to be a turnaround. Something's happened this weekend where it feels like we cannot see what we saw last season. And probably the fact of the matter is we had McCurdy, Payne, Barry, you know, Agua was even chipping in. Louis Reed. <laughs> Louis Reed, Ben Gladwin, Ben Gladwin on form. 
as he was at the start of this season. Scored at the last kick of the game today for Crawley, didn't he? That was sad for 90, us. 98 minutes. <laughs> oh, dearie me. So I, I look at the players that we had going into the final stages of last season versus the players that we have this season. And I, I, I'm i not as optimistic. Like last year, we had five games and we had to win them. And we did. I'm not sure this particular side, even with the Duke himself up top, I'm not convinced if we get ourselves in that sort of situation that we can turn it around. But again, I'm loathed to just write off this season like so many people are post-game. You saw the game, folks, not me. So maybe when I look back at it, I'll be like, goodness me. But that was a weak bench today. As Jason says, injury suspensions haven't helped Jody's transition. But for Jason, the recruitment has been poor. We haven't replaced the experience we have lost. And rather than strengthening in January, we have got weaker. And again, because of just minor little dips in the squad with with injuries, minor hits with injuries and suspensions, we do look a little bit weaker. Definitely. It's definitely a weaker squad than what we had for the first half of the season. And it's like 100% a weaker squad compared to what we had in the final six months of last year. You, even if you did a side-by-side squad comparison, you, it's painful to look at. So I'm taking Wallacott over Bryn. You're taking Egbo over uh, Hutton. I think I'd even oh, take Egbo. that final six months of Dion Conroy and Matt Baudry, especially that final five games. I think I'm even taking them at the moment, it, especially today. Tom Clayton, I, I understand you haven't played in in what three months I don't think I think it was about three months it's come up to uh, he he was very very poor he, even if he was asking for a pass to be played in front of him he wouldn't be able to reach that pass and and it was it was just simple things letting him down but on the whole it's it's just a weaker squad we we lack so much in midfield we've gone from having Louis Reed in there he, I'd have even taken Jordan Lydon keep him fit in, in his different gravy. But now we've got an 18-year-old in Kaji who, to be fair to him, he, he looks okay. You've got Saidu Khan, who had never played football league before us. Um, you've got Jake Kane, who's had one loan at Newport and was okay. And then after that, you're looking at Ricky Aguiar, who's just had a poor loan spell at Torquay. And don't get me started on Ronan Darcy. I don't know what he's on at the moment, but it's 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 just not clicking. Um, like like I said, I think that there is such a big group within this squad, all signed or kept by D. Michelli or D. Michele, however you want to say it. I'll just call him Sandro, um, or or Ralph at this point. Um, and and they're just not good enough. I, I, the one I'll give a little bit of slack to is Tommy Adeloy because I don't even think he's played 300 minutes yet and that that's four games well just just less he's not even had that and he he's gets absolute pelters and he, he's got a goal at least he's got a goal he's got a goal and I kind of I kind of understand I mean from what I saw of Adeloy it wasn't great but in order to rectify errors made or or poor performances, you need minutes on the on the pitch, and he simply hasn't had much of that. And 
again, the rumour mill churn tells me that the club were very willing to let him go, even down into the National League, and, and he wasn't having any of it, maybe. But he scored last week, and he didn't get on, yet Kanu did. And the cynic in me, Tyler, is Kanu looks great. He's a first-year scholar. That that screams to me, get in minutes because the elite academies are, are circulating and we, we might get a fee for him. That's the sort of environment that Swindon are, are, are encouraging us to think, I think, at the moment. Like, their motives are based on, on selling players. We know about that. We know about that across every club, but we're very, very... Uh, we, well, we, we emphasise it, don't we? And when Kanu is coming on in favour of, of Adeloy... In, in a nothing role, really. It's 2-0, it's done. He's got to be sat there wondering, hasn't he? Definitely. Uh, and, and I can't disagree with you. I think the same way that we brought Dvorak on at Barrow is the same way we've brought on Kanu today and against Grimsby. It, it's just get the minutes into him, get an appearance on the board so when the elite academies come come for him, you can you can get a little bit more money in, in the same sort of way that I, I think we popped Marcus Eiffel on the bench once and then he got flogged to Brighton. And and now, to be fair to him, it seems like he's doing quite well. I saw he signed a new deal there the other week. So, good, fair, fair enough to him and fair play. Yeah, and I don't like talking about our youth development in that way. I, I want us to bring our successful youth players into the senior side, but it's just... It's just the environment they've created. You know, when we hear the sound bites, it's, it's hard not to think, well, there's a reason he's coming on right now. And it might not be because he's the future of Swindon Town Football Club. He's a quick 1.5 million from Brighton um, when, when, when the time comes, you know, and I guess that's nature of football. But it, it, it just feels so robotic and mechanical the way that we're doing it it's not like it's not like behind the scenes it feels very much in our faces yeah it's a very in the public eye sort of we're gonna buy these players we're gonna develop them and we're gonna sell them for money and 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 sandro's been very public about that and it's even the case of uh, harrison minton sat on the bench if you brought him on instead of kieran brennan you'd understand it more you're bringing on an academy lad who, in his only appearance in the league this season, proved that he is of a competent standard and developing him instead of playing Kieran Brennan, who is only a loney and hasn't had a good six months. Whereas Abu Kanu, you're bringing him on instead of someone who you also own that you could also sell on for a fee, but is probably, at the moment, of a better standard and a bit more physical because I'll give, I'll give Kanu credit. He puts himself about, especially for someone of his height and, and sort of stature, but Tommy Adeloy is bigger than him. And that that's not an opinion. That's a fact. Like Tommy Adeloy is just a bigger person and a bigger player than Abu Kanu is. And so I think if you're Tommy and you're sitting on the bench and you're seeing these kids get brought on ahead of you, it, it, it's going to be very demoralising. It's it's going to affect your confidence. And so then when you do get minutes, it's going to be tough for you. And I think I think in like sort of a retrospective view from Tommy, th- this is a poor move for his career. And I feel bad for him because he came off the back of such a good season in Scotland that he, he had different options in the EFL as well, by all accounts. And... And now he's just 
sort of a bench warmer and it feels like a national league move or or back up to Scotland is his only option now. Yeah. And I want to emphasize I'm not criticizing Abu Kanu, the player at all. Maybe I'm just looking at it through a, a cynical eye after a slack 2-0 loss. We're going to have to talk about the goals we conceded. Quick fire stuff from Luke Molyneux in the, well, we're about 20, 15 minutes to go. Talk me through the two goals. Well, f- firstly, is that not also cheating, having a full stadium plan for you? But we'll <laughs> go there later. Um, yeah, the, the first one, it, it's it's Poor defending down the left. Um, you could see the whole game that Molyneux was left-footed and he kept coming onto it, kept coming onto it. And so then if you're the left-back, I think I think it was Ellis, it might have been Clayton. He, he's squared him up and, and sort of shown him inside and just let him come onto his preferred left foot. One heavy touch to get it out of his feet and he slammed it in at the near post. I think Bryn should also do better. Um, he sort of just let it squirm underneath him and... Yeah, it's, it's, it's 1-0. And then the second one, it's sort of just a long ball. Blake Tracy misjudges it, gets caught underneath. And then it's cut back to the edge of the area. There's about five or six Swindon players stood still. And Molyneux just thinks, oh, oh fair enough then, and, and hits it first time. Bottom corner again. And I think Bryn maybe could do better there. I, I haven't seen it back to, to be able to judge. But on first view... He should do better with the first, maybe do better with the second, but the defending as a whole for both goals is is very poor. Yeah, it's Clayton that Molyneux does for the first goal and Bryn is fuming with Clayton on that. Second one is bizarre because, yeah, like you say, there's about five players in the box and my initial feeling when I'm watching it and wondering how Bryn's got beat there is that he can't see it. But it looks clear, despite us having five players in the box. It feels like it's open for him. There's, it doesn't feel like he's blindsided. So, yeah, it, oh, it must have been a very moody atmosphere when that second went in shortly after the first. Yeah, it, it, if you thought the first goal sucked all the air out of the stadium, then the second definitely did. It it quickly turned. I, I wouldn't say toxic, but it it definitely got a bit murky almost and then the final whistle loads of booze um and obviously Charlie Austin having having a bit of a word with a with a fan about going and getting a chinese <laughs> is that what they said yeah, well they, they were having a dig at charlie saying oh it's, it's it's not good enough and then charlie says you're going to go home you're going to have a have a beer and order a chinese mate and then walked off and you can't really make much else out from the Twitter video, so it all seems a bit. Um, oh, what, what was the old show called? Is it old, old show on BBC. You'll, you'll probably know. Thank you, but I need more than old show on ah, BBC. It's, it's all I can give you. I can't, I can't even remember it. <laughs> oh, what's it called? We kind of expected Charlie to be that way inclined. You know, we we watched the documentary of his time in Australia with him talking to teammates in a very similar way, probably a bit more passionately with his teammates. Um, you don't want to be really be going in in that hard on fans. The, the, the easiest and probably most sensible thing to do was just to clap and walk off and not and not entertain the discussion because it, it, it's not a good look, even if Charlie's right. There was no service for him, well, last, last week against Newport. 
and it's been a problem with our center for our center forwards all season long, regardless of you put in the number nine role. It's it's not changed, has it? No, I think like you say yesterday. Yesterday, sorry, uh, last week he was very null and void. You go down to ten, and Charlie Austin's pretty much useless for you at that point when you're trying to trying to press and and keep shape because he he, he can't do that much running. But today it was. It was he did okay when when the ball was given into him, but he had nothing to feed off of. Sort of as balls being whipped into the box and and something to get on the end of. Like like against Grimsby, he he, he had balls being chucked into the box against Gillingham. He had crosses being thrown into the box. Today it was just nothing. And and like I say, it's been it's been a problem all season. And I don't know if that's the coaching or or the lack of quality in the player and the lack of creativity we have in terms of players and I'd probably go towards the latter I think I think it is a lack of creativity within players like, like you said we, we had Jack Payne Harry McCurdy Louis Reed, Johnny Williams Ben Gladwin Louis Barry Kane Kessler Hayden Manny Egbo we, we had that list of players last season whereas this year when we're going forward it seems we've got Johnny Williams if he can fancy it and we've got Romeo Hutton, who can put a decent cross in every now and then. And, and other than that, it's quite naff. Marcel Lavigne, when he's played, is, is very good. And I, I'm I'm very keen on him. But other than that, it's, it's quite flat. And I think that there is something that you can get out of these players, but it's, it's going to be very minimal in terms of changes without significant overhaul at the moment. Yeah, I've I've put I've gone all in on on Marcel Lavinia this this season. I think if we can stop this little rut win, if we stop this situation we're in where we've just lost back to back, I think he's going to be a major cog behind any any success um, going forward. I, I really do think he's that important. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think, especially because he's worked with um, Morris before, he, he understands what what he sort of wants from a player. And so, I think that if you've got Marcel Lavigneur in your team and and he's fit and fighting, then there won't be many better wing backs in the division than than him. Oh dear! I mean, I'm I'm trying to look for the man of the match, Tyler. Um, <laughs> um, this one, um, I'm struggling to find a nomination, let alone um, anything else. Um, I'm, I've seen one for Sol Brin, although he could be seen as fault for well, certainly contributed to both goals going in. I've seen a, a nod for Johnny Williams. I'm just looking for one more. I think that's another one for Johnny Williams. So he gets it from from the listenership. Taze85 says, that was bleak. Wasn't expecting that. Man of the match, impossible. Horror show from Clayton and the Bristol City fellow in particular. Lots to do. Morris must be fuming. Taze is not a negative fan at all. So this is the sort of stuff we're getting from people that go week in, week out and, and really don't, ex- you know, they, they don't sit here waiting for the apocalypse to say, I told you so. Man of the match, who are we giving it to? <laughs> out, out of pure protest for not thinking a single start and 11 player deserves it. I'm, I'm saying we give it, we give it to Harrison Minton. Oh, well, you would have said that anyway. Yeah, um, probably. Harrison doesn't want that, does he? In, in he which case, then can we just give it to the steward? 
No, no, you've got to go for one of the players who who who, who featured. Oh. You can protest vote, um, but it ha- they have to have played. Let's, let's, we, let's we've done it. so well. Let's give year. it Johnny Williams then. Uh, he, he at least looked like he might create something in comparison to everyone else. And he had a shot on target, which today that that feels like a gold mine. Yeah, indeed it does. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Sandra D. McKayley, he is getting a lot of heat from the fans, a lot. And that is justifiable in the fact that we've just finished the window and we seem to have got worse, not helped by the fact that our head coach bailed. And he did bail. And I know there are fans just waiting to say, I told you so, about Lindsay leaving being a bad thing for the club. But he was not sacked. And I will say that every week until it's acknowledged by the majority. I guess with Jody Morris so new, and the last thing you want is to really get on the back of, of a head coach when they're so new. Again, people will say, well, we did it to Scott Lindsay, which isn't necessarily true. I, I talk. We talk about Scott Lindsay like we were on the pitch protesting, you know, or or you know by the player entrance protesting, which never happened. He got light boos at absolute worst uh, from the games that I saw. Um, you might disagree, might agree. I don't know, but Dima Kelly's getting the heat at the moment. It feels it might be my echo chamber. Who knows? But. It's an interesting one. No, he he's definitely getting a lot of heat, and I'd say a lot of it's deserved. Um, I'd agree with what you said about Lindsay and, and, and the whole getting on Morris's back. I don't think Lindsay had people on his back from the start. He 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 definitely had a few people who doubted him. Yeah, but everyone, there's a difference between doubt and wanting him gone, isn't there? Everyone was willing to give him a chance, see what he can do, but they were aware that deep down... I don't think he's good enough. And turns out, I think those people were probably correct to an extent. I don't think Lindsay was good enough. And then you've got Morris, who's come in at the end of January. He had, what was it, one day in the transfer window? Probably two to try and make something happen. So straight away, his hands are hands are tied, really. Especially with the way we recruit, it, it's childish and it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, Why is it childish? It's, it's quite literally childish. All we sign is kids, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and so. Uh, but I think Morris has more time because everyone knows that he comes here with a good pedigree. He's he's worked at Chelsea for eight years in total. He, he won a quadruple with their under twenty threes. He managed Champions League matches alongside Frank Lampard. He, he had to take one of them because Lampard was ill. I can't remember what game it was. Um, it might have been an FA Cup game, actually. But either way, he had to manage Chelsea for a game. Uh, he obviously did Derby in the Championship. So he comes here with a good pedigree, whereas Lindsay's beforehand was just Forrest Green. I was assistant to Garner and, and Worth- not Worthing, sorry, Chatham and all of that sort of stuff. But th- th- So Morris will naturally get more time because he's got more pedigree. But the reason that Dean McKayley is going to get all of this sort of heat makes sense the recruitment has been so poor and so substandard it it's a joke really we we signed so many faces in the summer and in january we wanted to get rid of half of them we we appointed angus mcdonald as captain ben gladwin as vice captain and it seemed as if during games it was a mix of johnny williams and louis reed as as the third choice 
with three of that four left in January. That that's your leadership group gone. Um, like, and as much as Angus McDonald got hate, I, I don't think he he was a necessarily bad player. He was nobody wanted him gone. No, did he, they? nobody wanted him out. He was a competent defender, a good leader. Was he poor on the ball? Yes, but defensively he he was solid. I think in the middle of a back three, that that sort of negates the issue. Um, and I think. I just think it's it's ridiculous what we've done. We've we've gone backwards from where we were at this point. Say last season, we 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 had a nice title push. We'd had as much as we could a solid January window without all of our loans being ripped away from us. That that's the one credit I'll give this year. We kept hold of all of our loans and made one of them permanent, but stretched that out for an hour and a half announcement when it's just a contract extension, really. <laughs> Gave it the whole drone treatment. Yeah, it was mental. It, it, it is just nuts what's happened at the club, really. And there was such a feel-good factor, like like you touched on earlier at, at the end of last season, where you had fans going to every away game. I think I did fifty games last season. I'm getting nowhere near that this year because there's just not the same interest to want to keep going. And a lot of fans feel that way. And it it's it's sad to see how, how it's come to that really we we got rid of so much experience in January replaced them with kids and and it's no offense to Jake Kane and to Dylan Kaji and and to Joe Tomlinson like we we know Tomlinson's a good footballer but you're signing these players and and they've not really got EFL minutes under their belt especially Kaji he 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 played 20 minutes for Bristol City and now he's rocked up here on loan and he's started back-to-back games Joe Tomlinson is a left-back. All right, great. We needed a left-back because Reese Devine's been missing since we signed him. Very I, good, I, though, I'm told. Uh, he, he might be very good, but I forgot we had him until I looked on the club website. <laughs> Always told how good he is. It's, it's mental. He's so good that he can't make a match day squad. It, it, it's, it's the beauty of uh, Reese Devine. I, I can't wait for us to sign more Reese Devines. Um, but... <laughs> You're signing a backup left back because you need one, but you sign a backup left back who's not going to be available till the start of March. It's nuts. We've dilly dallied in two transfer windows, and there's been a clear issue with a centre back replacement for McDonald as well. You don't let yeah. McDonald go. You don't tear up his contract. We didn't even get a fee for him. We don't tear up, which obviously means that we probably felt we were paying him too much and not getting enough return for us to tear up and let him go so to do that you have to have someone lined up and we're pretty sure that, well it, all the all the noise is that they did have Fagan Walcott all lined up and it all went, went horribly horribly wrong on the day yeah so it, and, and that comes down to then it sounds like club admin where we just didn't submit the papers in time in which case that's also poor yet again but it it all sort of stems from the top and and I just don't think that Dean McKelly is, is the guy to take us forward. I appreciate using stats to try and make signings. Brilliant, and I'm all for it. You've got to do it correctly, and I don't think we are. And the lack of experience is outrageous. We we have, I think it's one player over the age of 30 now, and that's Charlie Austin. I, I'm... I'm all respect to Matthew Baudry, I'm, I'm not counting him in this. He's He's basically retired. I don't think he's counting himself, is he, at the no, moment? Exactly. Uh, he's elsewhere um, working with other football clubs. And I think that was a really good sort of summary of, of what a lot of people are saying about Dima Kelly because the last thing I want to do is 
go down the road of of like just poking fun and, and complaining about the way we're doing our business and i think you've just highlighted what the problems are and you know for people my age you don't win things with kids thing is is a classic trope that gets wheeled out but this isn't the premier league this isn't an elite academy we're we're, we're, we're dipping into the players that can't do it at the highest level and everybody knows that the best or the thing that we we really warm to as fans at this level is like hey have kids but you've got to have the support network of the veterans around them to help them learn and develop and also play freely without the pressure of of doing what the seasoned pros do around them yeah like like someone said Dylan Kadji didn't have a great game today playing alongside someone else who's not got much EFL experience. If you whacked him in a midfield and he had, say, like like in the Richie Wellen season, he had Danny Rose next to him and he had Keshi Anderson in front of him and he had Matthew Baudry behind him, he'd feel more confident because they're players who've been there, done it, they know what they're doing. Instead of in our current situation where he's got Tom Clayton behind him, first EFL season, Jake Kane next to him, second EFL season, Ronan Darcy in front of him, technically his second EFL season, although the first might as well have been under-21s with Bolton. And he's got Jake Wakelin, basically his first EFL season. It's like he's playing youth football still, whereas it's playing youth football in the men's game, whereas when we've brought loans in before, they've got experienced heads next to him. Even last season, we had Louis Reed, who'd played 100 games at that point, Ben Gladwin... Uh, Johnny Williams, and, and and you just had players who knew what they were doing who could help out. Whereas this year, it, it's not that you're playing under twenty ones football in the men's game, and it's it's not going to work. Yeah, I think in my mind, Aidan Flint was the classic example when he yeah. was alongside inexperience. He was a rabbit in headlights. You put Darren Ward in front, next to him, and he was a different player because he had that experience next to him, and and that helped him develop. And then Decanio got got more out of him. Two, and I think that's always the classic example there. Ugh. Well, I mean, we've been talking forty-five minutes, and I think we, I think we've we've barely talked about the game. And I think it's good to have a little vent from time to time, isn't it? You know, we we want to be as balanced as we can do, but sometimes Swindon Town Football Club, it's unacceptable, and that one wasn't acceptable. And well, hopefully, we'll see improvement, and Salford isn't going to be an easy one. Uh, hopefully we can title the next podcast acceptable oh here is hoping but i think that'll do tyler thank you very much no worries mate no worries at all the low strangers is an independent supporters podcast views given do not reflect those of swindon town football club or their official partners the music is provided by the great matthew kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by matt in singapore what a guy thanks for listening come on swindon has a bubble Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. Muck delivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.